0: hey good morning there kiddos it is now march 13th 2021 i'm gonna start my day here with reading from the book of james and we're on chapter two today let me get to the right place here looks like i on my little bible app i can either read you from the new king james the King James or the NASB let's try the NASB that stands for New American Standard Bible I've heard that's a good one okay so James chapter 2 the first subject heading is called the sin of partiality verse 1 My brethren, do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. For if a man comes into your assembly with a gold ring and dressed in fine clothes, and there also comes in a poor man in dirty clothes, and you pay special attention to the one who is wearing the fine clothes, and say, You sit here in a good place, And you say to the poor man, You stand over there, or sit down by my footstool. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil motives? Listen, my beloved brethren, did not God choose the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man? Is it not the rich who oppress you and personally drag you into court? Do they not blaspheme the fair name by which you have been called? If, however, you are fulfilling the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin And are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he has become guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not commit murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So so speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be merciless to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Okay, next subject heading is called Faith and Works. What use is it This is uh, verse 14. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But... Are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? You see, that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which said, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Alright kiddos, that's the end of chapter 2. And just like the first chapter, there is so much in that, uh, that chapter. I won't try and preach my way through it to you guys. I'm sure God will quicken his word to your heart, and I'm sure you uh, will remember things from there. I want to pray for you kiddos, and then i got to get off to work. Heavenly Father, thank you that I get to be the earthly father and husband. To Mary Melissa That I get to be the earthly father To all five sloggy kids They bring me a ton of joy And I have so much fun with them Help me to Show them you In as many ways as I can Help me to lead them to you which, that's the most important thing I can do as a dad. Father, I pray that your words would find fertile soil in their hearts and that their hearts would be open and soft and receptive for your word and for your Holy Spirit. Teach the kids what you want them to know from your word right now and I know going forward as they grow up, you'll keep teaching them. Bless them in their relationships. I pray that you would give them command over their bodies and over their tongues and over their minds and over their spirits. And they would bring them all into obedience and faith for you and your son Jesus. Lord, I ask that you would bring their angels towards them so that they would minister to them and protect them and assist them in the heavenly realms. And also, Lord, that the kids would have on their armor their breastplate of righteousness, their belts of truth, their feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And, Lord, that they would take up above all their shield of faith which is capable of blocking all the fiery darts of the evil one and Lord that you would give them helms of salvation and also Lord that they would have their swords of the spirit and Father let my children pray Lord give them your Holy Spirit and Teach their tongues to call out for you to worship you and to praise you and to ask you for good gifts and to confess and um, seek repentance uh, most of all Lord Jesus I ask that the children would understand how wonderful the gift is that you gave us when you sacrificed your life on the cross and shed your precious cleansing blood, I know it sounds it sounds crazy. It sounds foolish, but Jesus, you had to shed your blood for us on the cross, so that we could be cleansed, for our, cleansed of our sins. I pray the kids would understand that and accept it, and make that fact theirs in their spirits. Bless them and everything they do today, Lord. The relationships and all the tasks that they set their hands to. Bless the work of their hands, Father. Thank you. I ask all these things in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Alright, kiddos, I'm back. It's uh, almost 8 o'clock at night here so I put in my Saturday's work I hope you guys had a really good Saturday your day off where you don't have anything to do except get your chores done well what do you say we read another chapter of uh, Wilder King I need to find it here in the old Amazon Kindle. And I have found it. All right. For all of you numbers kids out there, we are at 61% of the way through the book. Beginning chapter 16, which is entitled Ma Pearls Public House. Hmm let's see quick chapter 15 recap talking about Chief Harvo who had antlers and the timeline about civilizers coming to uh... What's the name of their continent? Help me here. Cornwall digging up that cabin. Um, what else? Vez Viz Vezelanders. and Oh, talking about going to see Linwood, the chief of the Aidenites. And Errol says, why don't you take Dobro with you? Go talk to this guy. All right. If anything would throw cold water on Linwood's desire for a wilder king, it might be having a genuine Fiji in his house. Why don't you take Dobro along? All right, chapter 16. Ma Pearl's Public House. The village of Ryland was the nearest civilization to sinking canyons ten leagues across scrubby plain. In truth, it just barely counted to civilization. The mean little village was the sort of place people left the first chance they got. But horses could be brought could be bought there, so Aidan and Dobro made it their first stop on their journey to Tambluff. They wore hooded robes over their tunics to conceal their identities. Listen here, Dobro, Aidan said when the low buildings of the first of the village came into view. I think it's going to be better if you don't talk while we're in Ryland. We need to draw as little attention to ourselves as possible, and if we can keep people from noticing your effigy, so much the better. Seems a shame, said Dobro who had begun to think of himself as something of a Fiji ambassador to the civilizers. Here's the thing, said Aiden. even if you don't mind breaking the Fiji code. Oh, Aiden," Dobra interrupted, half the civilizers in Cornwall believes in Fiji's these days. That's not the point, Aiden insisted. When people realize who you are, they realize who I am. You heard what those militiamen were saying. Everybody's been talking about how I brought a Fiji with me when I came out of the Fiji Fen. Folks, don't say you come with one Fiji, Dobro corrected. They say you come with the whole mess of Feechee's. He took some pride in the fact that popular gossip had multiplied him into a band of Fiji warriors. The last thing we need is a bunch of aid knights and wilder kingers following us to Tambluff. So when we get to Ryland, don't speak to anybody. He thought about Dobro's green teeth. Toothbrushing was one aspect of civilizer life Dobro hadn't yet mastered. Don't smile at anybody either. What if I see a pretty civilizer lady? Dobro asked. If you see a pretty civilizer lady, believe me, she doesn't want to see your teeth. And whatever you do, don't breathe on anyone. There was a little more activity than Aiden had expected in the little village. The dust from the main street lay in a thick cloud, kicked up by people going back and forth. The activity seemed to center on the general store. Only, it wasn't called a general store anymore. On the facade above the entrance, a new sign had been nailed over the old one. It read, Sinking Canyon Outfitters. One stop for all your camping and militia-related needs. A string of wagons stretched along the front of the store, waiting there to unload their supplies of boots, ropes, water bladders, hardtack biscuit, dried beef, swords, shovels. Everything a militiaman might need to make sinking canyons more livable. Aiden hurried past the scene on his way to a public house called Ma Pearls two doors down. "'It's almost noon,' he said to Dobro. "'Let's get some dinner here and save the food in our packs. "'I'm sure somebody here can direct me to a horse trader.' "'The little dining room was nearly full and loud "'with the raucous conversation and laughter of the rough locals. "'All eyes followed Aiden and Dobro "'as they pushed their way to an empty table in the back. "'After they were seated,' A rough voice from two tables away called in their direction. You boys hiked in from the south, didn't you? Aiden nodded his head. Sinkin' canyons? The man asked. Aiden craned his neck to see if the innkeeper if the innkeeper was coming. Course sinkin' canyons you half wit, shouted a wall eyed man. At another table, coming from the south. Where else would they be coming from? Must be a couple of knights, Another man observed, "Say, when you boys figure, when you boys figure to march on Tambluff Castle?" The wall-eyed man snorted. They better march on, on it soon if they don't want to find Persons when they get there. Don't matter to me who lives who lives in Tambluff Castle the first man declared. "'Long as they leave me alone, I mean to leave them alone. Tam Bluff's a long way from Rylan!' "'Say,' said the wall-eyed man, directing his attention back to Aidan and Dobro, "'I reckon you boys have seen this Aiden Arrelson?' Aiden and Dobro looked down at the table, trying to pretend they hadn't heard the man. "'I'm talking to you boys,' the man repeated a little more loudly, refusing to be ignored. I asked you if you boys had seen Aidan Arlson." You know, the Wilder King, said another. Watch for the Wilder King, boomed another with false portentousness. Yes, we've seen him, Aidan finally answered, hoping to avoid trouble. I wouldn't mind getting a look at that feller, said the wall-eyed man, getting a look at the feller, even as he said it. I hear he goes around the whole gang, he goes around with a whole gang of mean-looking feeches. Is that true? Dobro drew his hand over his mouth, trying to stifle a smile of pleasure at his inflated reputation. no. Aidan answered, "'It's just one Fiji, a scrawny rat of a fellow. "'Acts like he doesn't have good sense half the time.' "'A man in the far corner shouted across the room, "'If you Aidanites think a wilder king is any different from a King Darrow or a Perthin king, "'or Fiji king, for that matter, then you Aidanites is a pack of fools!' His opinion was met with hoots of agreement and support from across the crowded room. Ma Pearl, the innkeeper, finally arrived at the table. She was a stout, jolly-faced woman, and she wiped her hands on her apron as she said, Fools or no, them Aidenites has sure been good for business. You want lunch, sugar?' Aiden and Dobro both nodded their heads. I got bacon, collard greens, and sweet potatoes. Bring us two, Aiden said, and some water if you don't mind. And could you tell me where I could find a horse trader? Ma Pearl directed him to a stable on the other side of the dusty street. And Aiden, eager to keep their visit to Rylan as short as possible, left Dobra waiting at the table while he went out to buy their horses. Remember, he whispered in Dobro's ear, oh, I'm sorry, remember, he whispered in Dobro's ear before he left, no talking, no fighting, no grinning. It wasn't long at all before Ma Pearl brought the plates to Dobro's table. And Dobro, figuring that Aiden probably wouldn't want him to wait, dug in. Like toothbrushing, eating with utensils was one of those civilizer niceties Dobro hadn't yet embraced. He had just shoved a fistful of collard greens into his mouth when a big farmhand sat down across from him in Aiden's chair. Say, stranger, he said, where you come from anyway? Remembering what Aiden had said, Dobro just looked blankly at the man. He didn't speak. He didn't smile. A drop of green pot liquor dropped from his chin and back onto the pile of collard greens from which it had come. What's the matter with you, boy? The big Rylanite asked. Cat got your tongue? Get after him, Lumley, one of the diners urged. Come on, Lum yelled another. Dobro just shrugged and thumbed a glob of sweet potato into his mouth. You stuck up or what? Lumley leaned across the table and put his face just inches from Dobro's. Dobro remembered Aiden's warning about breathing on the locals, so he put up a hand to shield his mouth and nose. Oh, so my breath stinks, does it? Lumley was yelling now, and everybody in the place was watching intently to see what would happen next. "Well, stranger," Lumley continued, "I about had it with outsiders coming here and looking down their down their noses on us Ryland folks." Dobro looked down at his plate. There was no stopping the big field hand now. I may not be from Tambla, from Marsh or whatever fancy place you come from, stranger, but I mean for you to know that Rylanites is as good as anybody. You're gonna howdy me and be neighborly, or you're gonna find out why. Lumley was off his chair now, looming over Dobra with a fist drawn back. Am I going to have to learn you manners the hard way? Dobro's shrug and closed-lipped little smile was more than Lumley could tolerate. He roared like a bear as his left fist rocketed toward Dobro's right ear. But Dobro was much quicker than any big field hand's fist. He easily ducked under it and Lumley's knuckles cracked against the timber that held, uh, held up the roof above them. He screamed with pain and lunged at Dobro with a sweeping right. Dobro dodged that, too, and Lumley's momentum sent the table crashing to the ground. Dobro leapt onto the nearest table and headed for the door, dodging from tabletop to tabletop as the diners dove from him and grabbed at his ankles. Food crockery, forks, and knives tumbled to the floor with a crash and a clatter. Tables tipped and people slipped on the mashed sweet potatoes and greasy collard greens that littered the floor. When Dobro reached the door he found it to be guarded by three very large Rylanites. Dobro felt confident he could whip them but he had orders not to fight. So he jumped from a tabletop to one of the exposed rafters above. He pulled himself up and ran from rafter to rafter, dodging broken plates and mugs the diners were hurling at him. By this time, Ma Pearl had waded into the fray, swinging her black iron skillet like a battle axe. Trying to subdue the rowdies, who were tearing her public house apart. Big men fell like mown wheat under Pearl's skillet. Their thick heads rang like gongs. Dobro, meanwhile, found a way out onto the thatched roof. Aiden was coming around from the stable, leading two horses. His face was a mask of horror when he heard the uproar coming from Ma Pearl's inn. The very walls were shaking. Aiden Dobro shouted, Time to leave these neighborhoods. Aiden led the horses across to the eve where Dobro was waiting for him. Dobro dropped onto the horses' haunches, and they took off at a mad gallop, as angry Rallinites came boiling out of boiling out of the front door of Maw Pearl's. Aiden rode easy, in the saddle as his horse weaved through the villagers who came into the street to see what the ruckus was. His horsemanship returned naturally after so many years. Dobro, on the other hand, rode standing up like a circus rider. As the villagers as the village receded in the distance, he waved his thanks to Ma Pearl, who was still brandishing her black skillet. I told you not to get into any fights. Aiden yelled when they were out of immediate danger. I wasn't fighting, Dobro said. I was just running away from the fight. But that only seemed to make them more angrified. What did you say to those people? Aiden asked hotly. I didn't say a word the whole time I was there, Dobro insisted. Then he confessed. But Aiden, when them old boys was chasing me across the tabletops, I did grin a little bit. I just couldn't help it. Okay, that is the end of chapter 16, kiddos. And I am going to call that good for tonight. I love you very much. You guys know that. I also want you to know that your Father in Heaven loves you very much. And He loves you in some super amazing, cool, wonderful, mysterious, adventurous, unfathomable, really awesome ways that your earthly daddy just can't. So, I really hope you get to know your Heavenly Father's love. Hope you kids get good sleep tonight. I am going to be sleeping here not too long from now. I'm going to call Mommy, tell her I love her, and probably be sleeping, let's see, probably before 9 o'clock. Definitely before you guys. So, I hope you have a great day tomorrow i love you kiddos very much and getting closer to seeing you here okay night night love you